for the last few days, I have felt so strongly that we need to pray, uh, actually give God praise for the joy that he's been filling us with. Some say, well, I don't really have that joy yet. Well, you're about to experience it tonight. I just said something right there. Y'all got to hang with me now. You got to walk with me in this one. So I'm saying that we're about to step into a place of joy in just a few minutes, especially people who need this joy. You got to have it. And it's so exciting. You can clap in this place. It's okay. Yeah, amen. There's faith builders. You can shout, amen. You can dance. Even if you're not good at it, praise God. You can still do it. Decisions um, must be made from a position of strength. A lot of things that you got to deal with throughout your life, your, your, your everyday world, and a lot of times we're making decisions from a place or a position of weakness. But we should be doing it from a position of strength and power because that gives us, it always gives us, it yields to us the upper hand in the situation. It's where we have a little bit more that we're able to accomplish because, after all, we're, we're in a position of strength. Well, the Bible says that the joy of the Lord, come on, y'all, help me, is my strength. Amen. So the more joy I get, the more strength I've got. Did y'all catch that? The more joy, I'm not talking about happy. <laughs> I'm not talking about that kind of happy. That's fun too. I'm talking about the joy of the Lord, which is a sustaining force every day in my life that lets me know on the inside by the Spirit of God that everything is going to be all right. Everything is going to turn out okay. And it's always going to put me in a winning position. Just touch your neighbor and say, I can't lose. Impossible with the Almighty. <laughs> I want to preach now. I want to preach something right here. If you feel like you've been losing, bind that spirit because you're not losing when you're a child of God. There might be lessons learned, but you're not a loser during the lesson being learned. I can't say that twice, y'all. Get to write that down. Tweet it, praise God. Are you hear what I'm saying? In other words, that when I'm always feeling like I'm a failure as a believer, there's no such thing as a failure. I'm not a failure. I'm in a place of transition. And transition will always make me look less of than I really am. It always makes me look like I'm going backwards instead of moving what? Forwards. But with my God, come on, it is possible. He makes me the head and not the tail above only and not beneath. And therefore, because of that, I'm going to win at every turn. I don't know about anybody else, but I got Jesus on my side. Oh, I think I got some Jesus folks in the house tonight. Which means that I'm going to win. So don't look at me and say, that's it for Pruitt or that's it for them or that's it for those people over there. They just might be in a transition. Because the cross did not look victorious. Can I preach this tonight the way I want to? The cross did not look victorious at all. It looked like the ultimate failure of a Lord that said that he would live and reign forever and be king over his people. And yet the king is bleeding and dying on an old rugged cross. But that wasn't the end of the story. God's about to bring a resurrection in your life. And you're not going to look the same, be the same, act the same. You're changing. And when they saw Jesus, they didn't know who he was. 
When he come up out of that grave, thought he was a gardener, thought he was just a traveler, a wayfarer man, didn't know who he was. He was different. I didn't plan to say all that. But I want to know, I want to know because we need to know this. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And our Lord Jesus, before he went to that rugged cross, the Bible says he was able to endure the cross, endure the pain, endure the agony, endure the shame, and endure the ultimate transition of pain and miserable misery. Why? For the joy that was set before him. I don't think you understand. In the Garden of Gethsemane is where our Lord bent his knee to his Father and cried out, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's why Jesus taught us to pray that way. And what happened to him? An angel came and strengthened him. And then Hebrews writes, it was the joy that was set before him that he got up off his knees and went to that cross. He made his decision in the Garden of Gethsemane from a place of strength, not from a place of weakness. Job 8, 19 says, Behold, this is the joy of his way. And out of the earth, others will grow. Behold, God will not cast away the blameless, nor will he uphold the evildoers. He will yet fill your mouth with laughing and your lips with rejoicing. Those who hate you will be clothed with shame and the dwelling place of the wicked will come to nothing. He was saying to us that get ready, there's another day coming. That even though it looks like you've had some sorrow, just know that joy is coming and laughter will be in your mouth again. Joel chapter 2. And this is the season that we're in, the atonement season. Happy New Year, by the way, to everybody. Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done marvelous things. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain faithfully and he will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. That's this month. The threshing floor shall be full of wheat and the vat shall overflow with new wine and oil. So I will restore. Just touch your neighbor and say, he will restore. He will restore. To you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust, my great army which I sent among you, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. I want to stop and preach right there. And praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. He's saying something to us. He's saying that before that day comes, before the double portion comes in your life, before all these great things come to your life, what I want you to do is be glad and rejoice. It's so easy to rejoice when the check is in your hand. 
But when the bills are stacking up in your hand, it's hard to give God some praise. You got to learn to turn off your emotions and say, Lord, I may be holding some bills today, but my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. I'm just in transition. Something's happening. I got to learn to put a smile on my face and rejoice and be glad for what's about to take place in my life. That's called walking by faith. And not by sight or feelings or emotions. Jeremiah 33, 9. This says this, Then it shall be to me a name of joy, a praise and an honor before all nations of the earth who shall hear the, all, all the good that I do to them. They shall fear and tremble for all the goodness and all the prosperity that I provide for it. God said, I'm taking you out of the clutches of your enemies. I'm going to take you out of the exile position. I'm going to take you out of the place where you felt like you've been abandoned by me. I'm going to put you in a wealthy place and a prosperous place and a healthy place. Come on. I'm going to bless your life. Get glad. Start to rejoice. Thus says the Lord, again, there shall be heard in this place. And by the way, God functions only by faith. I mean, that's how he actually functions. He's a faith God. God does everything by faith. He speaks and things happen. He does things by faith. And when you and I walk in the earth, and you say, I want to please God. I want to please God. And there's things that we do that does please the Lord. But the thing that pleasures God the most the Bible says that faith is what pleases the Almighty God. And that's not an emotional thing. That's not a goosebump. You're going to see angels soon, guys. The day will come. You'll see them, whether they're going to be a revelation to you by vision or dream or appearance. I don't know. But they're coming. And you're going to see them more often. You might even see the Lord walk into your home one day. I don't know. Don't tell me. I'll be jealous. I won't like that very much. But God bless you. I'm just saying, I don't know. The supernatural is real. But I don't need that to serve God. All I need is faith. If I want to move a mountain, I don't move it because an angel came to me. I move it by faith. Amen, somebody. And it says here, he says again that there shall be heard in this place, thus says the Lord, of which you say it is desolate without man and without beast. In the cities of Judah, in the streets of Jerusalem, they are desolate without man and without inhabitant and without beast. The voice of joy and the voice of gladness. God's looking for these. The voice of the bridegroom, the voice of the bride, the voice of those who will say, praise the Lord of hosts for the Lord is good for his mercy endures forever. Remember that. If you got a Bible, circle it or something. But remember that little verse there right there, that song. Praise the Lord of hosts for the Lord is good for his mercy endures forever. And of those who will bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. For I will cause the captives of the land to return as at the first, says the Lord. So God said, I'll bring you out of captivity. But I'm looking for the voice of joy. I'm looking for the voice of gladness. I'm looking for the voice of rejoicing. I want somebody to get happy for what I'm about to do in their lives. I need somebody to get happy about this. That's what God's saying to you and me. 
And I want to share a few things. Again, I'm not keeping you tonight. But I want to share a few things that praise does. Number one, praise grants access into God's divine favor. Let me say it again. Praise grants access into God's divine favor. Amos started off the night tonight exhorting by saying, enter into his gates. And that's what Psalms 104 says. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. So how do you make contact with God? How do you make contact with God? You enter his gates with what? Complaining? Tell about all your problems? Because that's how most of us live our lives. Lord, I'm going to tell you some things today. Uh, talk, uh, uh, you know, talk about other people? Lord, if it wasn't for them people, y'all don't want to talk to me no more. Right? Or what does it say? How you contact God? You enter his gates with what? Thanksgiving. And into his courts with what? It is impossible to praise God without thanksgiving. We're Americans, so sometimes we have find a hard time to be thankful for what we actually have. Because we always see somebody's got something more, and we want more. More, more Lord, more, Lord. Amen. <laughs> That's in the wrong way that I want to do this tonight. <laughs> we want more of him, more of what he has to offer. But the truth is, is what? Is that in America, we always see somebody has something more than we have, and we want that. And we never stop to just, just thank him for what we do have. I can't tell you how many times I get in my car and say, thank you, Lord, that I have this car. Because some people, my sister has to take the bus. Stand up, sis. Everybody put your hand toward her. God's going to do a miracle for you. Hear the word of the Lord. Everybody put your hands toward her right now. God's going to do a miracle for you. The Lord says, I've seen what you did. I saw what you gave. Lord says, out of your sacrifice, I'm going to bless you. And this time, there'll be no payments on it, says the Lord. Get ready. Are you ready for your miracle? Father, I bless her and thank you that you're going to give it to her now in Jesus' precious name. This woman gets a bus and runs our children's every Sunday and every Thursday night. And some people can't come to church. They live right down the street. I took her home one time. She lives on the other side of town, trust me. And God's going to give you a miracle, sis. You're going to get your breakthrough. Come on, come on, come on. Yes. You cannot. I said, Lord, thank you for the car. Thank you that I'm not walking right now. I, I'd be a long walk to church tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for my house. Thank you. I had a roof over my head. I live in a hundred and how old house, honey? 113, we had to cast the demons out of there and everything. Praise God, Lord Jesus, every devil get out of here. We sleep good, amen, we sleep real good now. But it was kind of scary, it's like an old house, you know, creaky and stuff. And you hear stuff like, what was that? And I just mind it and go, and go back to bed, praise God. But, you know, I thank God that I've got a roof over my head. 
I thank God for this building. I thank God for my friends, my relationship. Thank God for my children and my wife. I thank God for my family in general. I thank God for you. I, 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 I'm trying to live a life to be more thankful because I recognize that if I want God's divine favor in my life, if I want him in my life, I've got to be thankful to enter into his gate. If I want to get past the gates, I've got to be thankful. And then I come into his course with prayer. I thank you, Lord, and I praise you, Lord. That you saved the wretch. I praise you for who you are. I praise you for your holiness. I praise you that you're my king. You're just and right. The king. Everybody say the king. The king in the kingdom, you don't just walk up to his throne. Don't do it. You get killed that way. He has a scepter in his hand. And he rules by that scepter. And he's seated on his throne. And when you come before the king... He'll keep that scepter beside him. He don't want to talk to you, scepter don't move. He wants to talk to you, he'll lift the scepter. Well, God has a scepter of righteousness, the Bible says. And Jesus Christ became sin that we would be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That now then, anytime we wish, we can go into the throne room of God. And have access to him. Come on, somebody. He's always got his scepter lifted. But you must come to him with thanksgiving and praise. And that means what? I have the king's favor or I have the king's blessing on my life to converse with him and to have access with him and to receive from him what he has for me. Number two. Praise trades your problems for his presence. Praise trades your problems for his presence. Sounds like a pretty good trade to me. Doesn't sound fair to him, but I like it on my behalf. Come on. It trades my problems for his presence. Psalms 22.3 says, God inhabits the praises of his people. So the moment I begin to thank him and praise him, it's the moment that God begins to abide in that praise. Now, I can't prove this. You can't disprove this. But I, I visualize it because it's almost to me like as if we open a portal with our thanksgiving and our praise. The Bible talks as windows of heaven. It's almost like we open a portal and it's like God is able to be beamed into my life. And I know he's in me all the time, but I'm talking about his presence, that, that glory that I'm talking about, that weightiness that we, we talked about a few weeks ago comes into my life because I thank him and praise. He inhabits that praise. Come on, amen. And as a, as a result, the Bible actually says when he inhabits, that means he builds. Everybody say he builds. It's like he builds his throne. He builds a throne and sits down and abides in your praise is what it means when it says he inhabits. It's exactly what it means. And when God shows up, my confidence level goes through the roof. Now, I had a father. Some people didn't grow up with a dad, but I had a father. And, um, and I remember... I remember that there have been times where I've gotten little fist fights, you know, as a kid. And uh, you're scared, you know. There was this one kid, he was kind of a bully in the neighborhood. And uh, one day he jerked my bike, he's a bigger kid than I was. He jerked my bike from underneath me, you know, and he's riding my bike around. And then I said, I need my bike back, you know, I need my bike back, that kind of thing. And he throws the bike down and he jumps on my spokes, y'all. Broke my spokes, man. And I'm this whole mama bike's wobbling and stuff. Now, my dad taught me, he said, son, 
we're Christians now. We don't fight. We don't fight. I said, okay, Dad, I, I, I know. And he says, you just, you just pray or you just tell him you're going to talk to me about it or whatever. Finally, he, he broke my bike. So I'm, I'm doing on the street. I'm about maybe eight or nine years old, something like that, 10 maybe. And I'm, 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 I remember I'm crying. And that thing's weebling, wobbling, you know, and half stuck, the tire's dragging. And I get home. My dad's working in, the, in, the, in his garage. And my dad said, what happened? What happened? I said, that kid, that kid I've been telling you about, he took my bike, rode it, and then he jumped on top of it. He said, he broke your bike? I said, yeah. He said, boy, listen to me. Next time you see him, I want you to clock him. You understand me? Clock that sucker. Take him down. You know, I did not wait to see him, praise God. I went right from there. Come on, somebody. Knocked on his door, drug him out of his house, and beat the snot out of him. Come on, somebody. Now, it wasn't Christian. And I believe the Lord forgave me. Come on, somebody. I really believe that. But I felt I had to do what I had to do. But it felt really good. I'll be honest, it felt really good. Let me just tell you something. Let me just tell you something. I said all that to say this, that when my daddy told me it was okay, when my daddy was behind me, when I knew he had my back, when I knew I wouldn't get in trouble for it, come on, somebody, I had confidence. I mean, it just was sore. I knew I could take that sucker down. Come on. It's like you're, you're having trouble with some other kid, you know, and maybe a grocery store or whatever or down the street, and you're, and you're kind of like, oh, boy, oh, here they come. And then your dad comes around the corner like, what, what you want to say now? Because you know your dad's right there. Come on, somebody. He'll help you out, right? That's how I feel about the Lord, you know. He emboldens me. He, when he inhabits my praise, my confidence explodes. Let me just say, praise is not a feeling or an emotion. It's an act of your will. That initiates, by the way, it's initiated by your faith. So my point is, I don't have to feel the goosebump. I don't have to feel like, oh, he's here. I love it. And, and it's happening more and more, to be honest with you. But I don't go by that because some days, like the other day, I just felt weird all day. It's like, ever, ever get up on the wrong side of the bed? Everybody get on? And you tried the next day to get up on the other side of the bed. It was still the wrong side of the bed. Come on, somebody else. It's like, why is it weird today? It's just weird today. It's just off, right? Does I have an off day? Well, we can look at it this way. We say, well, uh, either I'm going to just say, well, I guess, you know, we're back to square one with God again. Or we say, it's just, I'm just having a weird day. And I will not let the devil steal my joy. I felt him try to rob my joy. And I, that's why I was in my spirit because I'm like, wait a second. If he robs my joy, then where will my strength be? Now I'm making decisions for you and this church rather. And I'm making decisions in my own personal life from, from a position of weakness. Fear, uh, threat of something taken away from me, uh, whatever it might be. And instead, instead, I got to recognize I gotta, I'm responsible to get my joy back in my life. So the moment I begin to praise and worship him, his presence begins to fill me. My confidence shoots back up. My joy, come on, he begins to pour back into my joy tank, my peace tank. Come on, somebody. My confidence tank. Everything goes to another level. Are you ready to go to another level? So I, what I felt, and, and by the way, great spirit tonight, great, great atmosphere, but a tick down. Now, and my, my, I'm going to be honest with you, and I feel like it's because life will do this to you. So you got to make up your mind that when you come to church, you're coming to church, that you're already ready to go. I'm, I'm, I've already praised. I've already worshipped. I'm ready to go. And now, now what you do is you can help the guy next to you or the, or the woman next to you help them along because they don't even know what it means to do that yet. So when the sinner comes in here, y'all, it's over. It is over. They're going to give their lives to Jesus because his presence is just all over this place. 
Am I right about it? The joy of the Lord is my strength. And here's the deal. You got to learn to praise him even when you don't feel like it. And I'm going to tell you straight out, you hear me, you mark it down. It, it, the moment you feel like, ah, oh, I don't today, uh, I'll get to it tonight, I'll do it tonight, I'll do it tonight. The moment you do that, I'm telling you, it's a, I'm t- listen to me, it is an indication that there's something special God's got set up for you. And the enemy is working overtime. Every time I feel like, oh man, uh, uh, I get that feeling and I push through anyways, something's downloaded I didn't have before. Something happened right here, sitting right here at 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, right here to me. I can't even tell you about yet that happened between me and God, but I will tell you, I'm going to tell you at some point when he releases me, that happened. And that night, I did not want to come. I love his presence. I really did, but I was tired. And I'm thinking, I got to go to 10.30. I'm going to be back around 9 o'clock. I'll be back around 11 o'clock. It's already late. I'm already tired. I got to be up early tomorrow. And all those thoughts go in my head. I said, nope. I'm going to do what he asked me to do. For this season, he's asked me to do this. And for this season, I'm going to obey him. And I came and, oh, my goodness, when I tell you, he met me. So I'm just saying something significant's always there the moment you feel least like worshiping him or praising him. Amen. That's why the Bible says in Psalms 103, 1, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name, David was telling his soul, you will bless God. Because your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And your mind does not want to serve God. No, it does not. It needs to be renewed. That's right, it is. That's right, you have to renew it. Um, Mind, your will, your will is basically this. You will not or you will do. I will do it or I will not do it. And you, that's a decision that has to be made. So God puts that in your lap to do. He won't shake that for you. He won't flip the switch for you. That's yours. So it's your mind, your will, and it's your emotions. And most of the time, your emotions are against what God wants you to do. It, it just is. And so emotions, when people are emotionally led, they usually are going to be led down the wrong path. And the third thing, and finally, is praise defeats your enemy or the enemy. And I feel like the enemy has really tried over t- uh, time with many of you. I'm going to shorten this up for sake of time because I want to get to some other business. But you read the whole account in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And it's a story of King Jehoshaphat who had been in a, in a season of no war because he had defeated all his enemies, so to speak. He thought he had. And so he was in a season of peace. It was a season of downtime. Everybody's on vacations. Everybody's chilling. You know, everybody's out at night, you know, hanging out, enjoying uh, the pleasure of having won all these victories over the years past. Wakes up in the morning and everything changes. I'm just telling you, it was God's will for him to be in a season of joy, in a season of pleasure, to enjoy what God had given him. And he wakes up. And some people run to him and said, Sire, we got to give you the news. The Moabites, the Ammonites, and the um, um, uh, otherites. There's three of them. Amalekites. (laughs) Have surrounded us. 
they are our mortal enemies, and they're talking war. You know, it's just like people to give you bad news. Come on, somebody. And so he, he gets struck with fear. Instantaneously, he's got fear. But what I like about Jehoshaphat, he knows what to do with the fear. And he goes to the house of God to seek the Lord as to what to do about this problem. And he goes before God and he says, Lord, he basically begins to pray. I wish I could read the whole thing out of time. He praises God and says, you're this and you're that and you're wonderful and you're awesome. But then it goes into another direction. He says, how is it then that all these, these ites, we could have killed them a long time ago when we had the chance and now we're not ready and we're being ambushed and we're going to go out like this. God, you can't allow this to happen. And so he's crying out to God he seeks the Lord. When trouble comes, you go to God. You seek the Lord. It is a response of what? Faith. I'm going to be thankful, and I'm still going to give you praise. Even when I don't understand, even though my head is screaming right now in fear, I'm going to st you're still God. You're still going to get the praise. And he clears his mind up enough to, the Bible says that, that God spoke to the prophet, and he come back, and he said this, uh, he set himself to seek the Lord and a fast, called Israel to do the same thing. And um, the prophet comes by and says, look, I want you to hear me. God spoke to me and told me, the battle's not yours, but it's the Lord's. The battle's not yours, jo Jehoshaphat. It's the Lord's, and the Lord will defeat his enemies. They're not even your enemies. You don't take this stuff personal, guys. When the devil comes against you, just know he's coming against your brother, too. It's a common thing. And here's the deal. You got to joy up. You got to get, you have to understand that this is not about you going down. This is about God getting the chance to defeat his enemies. So, he says, here's what you do. God told me, he said, because it's his war, you tell all the praisers and all the skilled worshipers and get them on the front line of battle. You're not going to fight with spears and swords and arrows. No, you're going to fight with praise. And he said, sing the song that we just saw in the other scripture that said, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now, I could preach on that for a little while, but let me just say, so they begin to get the singers and psalmists, and they begin to sing, uh, 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 great is the Lord, his mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. And as they begin to praise God, God himself and his angels came and defeated. Now, what he did was he caused such confusion amongst the camp of the enemies that they began to fight each other till they killed each other. The devil thinks he's got you cornered. The devil thinks he's got you surrounded. But the only thing that's surrounded are your enemies by God Almighty. God's got you. God's got your back. Amen, somebody. And as a result of that, the Bible says, now then, uh, God said, go and get the spoils of war. They belong to you. And the Bible said they had valuable jewels. So much jewels and gold and silver. It took them three days to gather it all. I don't even know who does that. Who goes to war with all of their money? You got to look beyond where your enemy's at and just know God is setting you up for more than you think. But you got to praise him. 
And when you praise him, the joy of the Lord comes on you and gives you strength.